Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say i'm sheldon and i'm nate and we're glad to be back with you on uh on the podcast again. yes in 2021 we made it this far it is now 2021 okay and i don't care i don't know what that means yeah it's just it's a new year yeah so <laughs> 2020 was the worst time ever for people that have not lived at any other time <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true even our pandemics aren't as bad anymore no they are not but they are not be that as it may i will digress yes. you wanted to bring back an old segment but from if our you podcast. if you want to do our current segment please okay. do that and then i will do mine all right we'll do a did you know real quick and then we'll re- bring back an old favorite yes so uh old favorite of ours did you know that we do not have a population problem in the U.S. And I can describe this in one particular way. Okay. And that is of our thousands and millions of square miles in the U.S., we have, yeah, it's about 3.8 million square miles. Okay. This is about what we have in land mass in the U.S. Okay. The percentage of developed space is just 4.47% of that square mileage. Wow. So we... 95% of American landmass is undeveloped. So the question is, what do you do with that? Yeah. Does that have any... Well, in order to power the entire Earth on renewable energy, you would have to install solar panels over 191,000 square miles. It's not much if you think about it. So again, if we just pick there, the there state, are more than fifty-seven million square miles of open space, open space on the planet. Okay, so you're saying if we just picked a spot and like this is the we solar only need one hundred and ninety-one thousand square miles. Okay, so you can just pick a spot <laughs> and like this is the spot. This is the spot, and then we're gonna just cover this in solar panels. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's one of the things I feel like people here, people in the U.S. People in, in Europe have a great understanding of how large the United States is. Yeah. We do not. <laughs> we're stupid. We do not have any concept of how big our nation is. We look at a map, we're like, oh, look, Europe's not that much big. It's not and correct in terms of relative to, you can't put the world, you can't put a globe on a flat map and have it all correct. Right. And plus, mostly the maps that we have are United States centric because it's it's us. And so that's what we do. Have you seen the, the world maps that are correct? Yeah, mass size. With, the, with the weird, yeah. And how huge Africa is. It's massive, massive. If you and don't think you have a U.S.-centric map, look at one of those and you're like, yeah. wow. There's, there's actually, I wish I could remember the, the name of it, but there's actually a website where you can go and drag, click and drag on a flat map, and as you drag to a particular place, it will shrink the country or expand the country relative to that country that you're dragging it to to give you a proper perspective. And that's pretty interesting to do. It's kind of yeah. fun. But yeah, people have no concept of how large the United States is, both in population and 
in landmass and in differences in those things that vary wildly. One of the reasons that our maps are tilted that way and that the U.S. looks larger yes. is because you're selling maps to the states and people want to see their state yep. on a map. But there's no way to do that without magnifying. Right. Yeah. yeah. Without magnifying a certain amount. Russia is that, also that massive. Because like the way Europe is split up, if you didn't do that, you would totally lose Switzerland or yeah. lose, you know, small. Right. Small. European so, yeah, maps, well. maps are lying. Literally every map you have is lying to you. Yeah. So take that for whatever that's I saw worth. this being described as a race issue. What? <laughs> that the way the maps are, that they oh. favor like Western but it, but it's countries. Not, but it's not always true. It, it depends on where you are from. That it's tilted to where more white people are. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody who would <laughs> yeah, rant about I, that. I know. Uh, it's just, that's where I saw it. Yeah, so. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure go. somebody somewhere. So here's mine. Here's my thing. Here's your thing you don't understand. Oh, I, by the way, we're bringing back for this we, episode. Things we don't understand. Things we don't understand. My wife has said that we should do them all the time because they're funnier. She, <laughs> they're she funnier likes our, than the digi She notes. likes our grumpy old man rants. <laughs> but this is a grumpy old man rant, but not really. I have determined based on a lot of things that have happened in 2020 that the future is stupid. Yeah. What we were phrase. promised and what we have is stupid. You know, we are, we are, we are four years. I don't know. I guess we're, are we five years now? We're almost, no, we're six years now past when according to back to the future, we were supposed to have flying cars and powered lacing sneakers and hoverboards. And we're doing what we're doing in 2020 slash 2021. What we're doing is starting flame wars on Twitter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so the future is stupid. However, I have a particular gripe with 2021 already. And this is it. It is 2021. Yeah. Once again, we would have expected in the 80s and 90s that we would be far advanced. Incredible things would be happening. And there are, but not like we thought there would have been. My biggest beef is that here we are in 2021 and there still exist everyday use items for the kitchen that are hand wash only. And it absolutely infuriates me. Now I get it for like finer China or whatever, but the, the, the pans that we use every freaking day to make eggs and potatoes or eggs and bacon in, we have to hand wash. And there is no excuse in 2021 for us to have an item that is made out of metal with the way that we have metallurgy now and the technology that we have now. There is absolutely no excuse for a, a everyday use item to be hand wash only in the kitchen. It infuriates me and it makes me very angry every single time I have to wash those by hand. Are you hand. talking about only cast iron? Like no, it's cast not cast iron, iron. Cast iron you would have to clean by and hand. And I get that, but that's a specialty item. That's not an everyday use item okay. necessarily unless you just choose You're talking to. about like It is a regular like like if it's like a Cafalon pan or like one like, like they the they say yeah, you should thing. no, don't don't wash them in the dishwasher. It'll right. ruin them. And I'm like that should not be Right. If it's an everyday use item, make it freaking dishwasher a bowl. But this is why we have to go back to the moon. <sighs> to make more Teflon? Yeah, to come up with cool things like Teflon. <sighs> we haven't come up with all kinds of cool That's things true. like we're, that because we haven't gone back to space. We are still surviving a great deal off the off the lunar program. Like everybody, uh, you know, I talk to, <laughs> talk to people and I'm like, you know, for me, the only thing the government should be doing is doing roads and defense 
and and going to the moon like those are the things that i want the government to do i want them to go explore space and and defend uh, I, I would see it as part of defense i mean just yeah. conquering space and learning things about it but in order to make that jump there were so many things that had to happen teflon yeah uh the the uh velcro uh was it ballpoint no ballpoint pens were something else yeah There's some sort of space pen yeah but that thing. never actually ended up happening it's funny there's a big rumor that goes around that all these millions of dollars were spent developing a a pen that went into space and the big joke is well the russian just used pencils no that did not happen that's a it comedy was, bit yeah but it's not actually did. true yeah, yeah i think it was was that was that carlin was that george carlin that feels like george carlin but that's not correct like they used pencils because there was no way at the time to do a ink that would flow in zero g they of course have developed that since but it was a private company it was not actually sp- for the space program and then they sold it as the quote space pen because it would write underwater and at any angle and and I think it is used now in the space program. I don't know that it would help your cooking surface problem, but no, maybe. But I am I am beyond frustrated every single day. Is it a is it a it is a daily frustration that I'm like, why are these hand wash only? They should not be hand wash only. Well, you would think in 2021 by now we would have stepped up our whatever. Like you pour that cascade or whatever dish soap into your yeah into your dishwasher, shut the little latch, close it, and it's like okay, maybe if it's the detergent. Because water isn't damaging these things. Right. Is it the detergent that's doing it? Is right. it the dishwasher process? Yeah. Is it the heat? No, because it's a pan. You have it on heat all the time. I think exactly. it's just. I think it's just garbage. I think there's somebody who just no, was not. No, it does damage it. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's literally like, oh, if they stick in the dishwasher, they're gonna have to buy another one. That's what we're doing. I think it's a. I think it's a crock. So, they're just making cheap pans. Yes. Mm. And I don't Sounds find it like acceptable. A conspiracy uh, to sell us more. I, I do think it is. It's a, like like Apple yeah. bricking their devices after a certain amount of time. That's right. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, moment of silence for our iMac that we use to record wah, this wah, wah. because it has stopped updating its software, which means its days are numbered. Yep. All of the podcasts you've heard so far over the last three years have been recorded on the same iMac. Yep. Yeah. And so. Uh, well, one or two on your laptop. Yes. So. When we, when necessary. So we can we can do the thing. When necessary. But anyway, that's my I don't things I don't understand today. I do not. I mean, there are lots of things I don't understand that I could rant about. But one that nobody will argue about. There is nobody that is going to have a problem with what I just said. Of all the things, now I can tell you, people will tell me why, and they would debate with me whether or not it's necessary. But nobody would say to me, I think it's good that there are hand wash only things now. Nobody thinks that. And if you are, you're a terrible person. Yeah. I can say that definitively. There's something wrong with you. <sighs> yeah. I don't enjoy hand washing anything, but, <sighs> you know, I guess if you want to be a, a good cook and take care of your stuff, that's one of the things you got to do. It's stupid. Well, again, you can always hire a butler when you come into <laughs> your kingdom. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, that was a throwback to a previous one in which <laughs> I said I would never have a butler and Nate wants a house big enough to have several servants. Not, not necessarily <laughs> servants. That's a, that's a, that's a, no. I don't want people in my house. I, I wouldn't mind people on the grounds of my house <laughs> well, taking care of other things. Thing. Yeah. In if my house. If you had a house that huge, you would have to have somebody to keep it up. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying. All right. This leave, isn't leave my Leave my fantasies alone. All right. I reject your reality and substitute my own. (laughs) And replace it with my own. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
So what we're going to do here today is there are often conspiracies out there that people latch on to and they get called conspiracy theorists and people say off mean and awful things about them and that they wear tinfoil hats and all of that. And that is true for most <laughs> most of the things. And there are con some conspiracy theories that we find kind of plausible. You can go all the way back to one of our very first couple episodes. We did the death of Patton. We did the Titanic talking about some of the conspiracy theories that we find to be plausible. Um, there are a lot of podcasts that go into conspiracy theories. What we wanted to do, though, was talk about some things that were conspiracies at the time that turned out to be true. Yes. Um, and, and just talk a little bit about those, not, not necessarily doing a deep dive into them, but just um, getting you up to speed on a few of them. So um, let's see here. I'm going to totally, let you lead off. I wasn't totally at the spot on my thing that I wanted to be, but yes. let me catch up. Okay, um, the first one that I wanted to do, and then we'll, we'll go to Nate's, but the first one I wanted to do was when, in 1932, the Public Health Service started a thing at the Tuskegee Institute mm -hmm. um, called the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. And this was, and this was a study that they were, it was originally projected to take six months. They were gonna study 600 men for six months and this study went on for 40 yep. years, 40 years. It involved 600 black men, 399 with syphilis, 201 without that didn't have the disease. They, it was conducted without the benefit of the patient's informed consent. Researchers told the men they were being treated for bad blood, a local term which was used to describe several ailments, including syphilis, anemia and fatigue. In truth, they didn't receive proper treatment needed to cure the illness. In exchange for taking part in the study, the men received free medical exams, meals, and burial insurance. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. And it was uh, with a historically black university. Yes. The Tuskegee Institute. Yeah. And, and the lead nurse, what was her name? Um, where was that? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. She's, she's in there, but she was the, the, ba the, liaison to them mostly and was was black yes, herself. I see I saw the picture of her and as I was looking. My introduction to this was when I was probably 11 years old to the Tuskegee experiment because there is a movie I believe Viola Davis stars in it uh, and I think it was a television movie. Lawrence Fishburne's in it too I think actually uh, and he had hair um, but where she where Viola Davis portrays this particular nurse and they paint her in a fairly good light, which I'm not so sure is accurate um, because the more that has come out, it seems that she was very well aware of what was happening and what was going on. She did not actually think, I mean, she was very educated. She knew what she was doing. She was a legit nurse um, and, and led these men along for all these, all this time. Um, but it's, it's a horrifying thing. It is, it is like Joseph Mengele level stuff. That yeah. they did to these guys. Um, and really what's interesting is, because it started in the 30s, right? Yeah. And what was interesting um, was, because yeah. I've, I've read up on this recently. I forget why. I don't remember if you mentioned it or if I just yeah, randomly. Yeah, I mentioned it. It started in 32. <clears throat> yeah. But one of the things that was interesting was when World War II hit, a lot of these men went into the army. Because, A, it's World War II and that's what everybody was doing. 
but B, you know, you got a lot of good medical treatment for being in the army. You got, there were a lot of benefits to joining the army, even during World War II. And they got cures for their syphilis. They were given penicillin or they were given yeah. things that penicillin them. became the drug of choice for syphilis in 40, like by 47, yeah. everybody was getting it. Yeah. And Which none they of these kept men from still them. did it. Yeah. They yeah. not only didn't give it, didn't give it to them just as an experiment, they withheld it from yeah. them when everybody else was getting right. it. And that's the thing that mystifies me about that is that there is there was no reason to just watch it progress once there was a cure. Yeah, and they Literally were never no given reason. the choice to back out either. Yeah. Again, they didn't even know what they had. They had no clue what they had. They had no clue what was wrong with they them. They just had bad blood. Yeah. Now, when they again, when some of these guys went to the Army, and that's actually one of the things Lawrence Fishburne's character in this actually goes into the military gets his gets a penicillin shot comes back to his community he's like hey you guys need to do this because this will fix it this will fix what's wrong with you and you know they were basically the doctors and and this particular nurse like no you can't do that you know if you do that then we'll have you'll lose all these other things that we're doing for you and it was it was horrifying what they did your meals and burial insurance (laughs) yeah yeah it was horrifying but yeah it was very real and it went on for way too long um yeah, it went on until 1972. There were some news articles that condemned it. And then the study ended that same year. Yeah. But just three years before, the CDC reaffirmed the need for the study and got local medical society support, the AMA, NMA chapters, to officially support continuation of the study. 1969, the CDC got that approval from AMA and NMA. And I rest my case that everything the government touches and becomes affiliate, affiliated with turns to garbage. And then in 19, by 74, they reached a $10 million out-of-court settlement. Surprise, the government settled out, out of court. That never happens. Yeah, for far fewer dollars than should have been meted out for that, I guarantee you. Yeah. Which, again, that infuriates me because I'm like, the gov- everybody listen to the sound of my voice. This is so important for you to understand. The government does not have any money. <laughs> Politicians do not have any money there is no stash there are no coffers they have taken our money the people our money they have removed it from our income that is the money they have to play with and they do things with it and they do things with it and pretend like they're being benevolent and bestowing something upon us so when you hear that your city made a 10 million dollar payment to a family of somebody that they shot because they didn't the police department shot someone and it and it went to court and they settled out of court yeah and they settled for like $10 million. That's your money. Our money. Yeah. When, when the government argues for months about what they're going to give you for COVID relief, and then they <laughs> give you $600, they're arguing about whether or not to give you back your money. The government does not have any money. Yeah. Period. It does not. And, and for all the tax the rich crowd, uh, we, I have never gotten a paycheck from a poor guy, so you're probably taking it from my employer. Yes. Who, if I were to get a raise or a bonus, if he's paying more in taxes, uh, where does that come from now? Yes. <laughs> so. Taxation is theft. Income taxation is theft. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole mini Anyway, rant. the last, it, something that was started in 32, a government experiment, and if you would have said it at the time, you would have been called some sort of conspiracy yeah. theorist that it was still going on 40 years later. But it, until 2009, the last widow of this study receiving benefits actually died in 2009. So the 
effects reached that far from one study on 600 people. Well, and that's the thing is it spider webbed out because not only was it these men initially, but like if they married, if they had children, like it was passed on. It was like there were yeah. things that happened that they just didn't, they didn't do anything about. It, yeah, it's a horrifying thing, but it was completely and, legitimate. And, and that's it why, happened. that's why I, informed consent is such a big part of medical treatment and things like you have to understand what's being done to you and then consent to it yeah like that's a big part of the entire medical process so when you hear about something being mandated like a vaccine being mandated that should cause concern to everyone yes everybody should be informed of their risk and i'm not anti-vax i'm also i'm i'm one of those people that would say i would like to see as many good medicines and good medications and good therapies come to market as possible. That's why the U.S. is the greatest country in the world. We are creating some of the best medicine in the history of mankind. Right. And we're doing a really good job at it. And in an environment that's not always, you know, it not always uh, conducive to making those things happen, it's still happening. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm pro all of these brand new treatments coming out. They should be. And you should have as many options as you want to go get treatment, but being told what treatment you will get and what you will not get by your government should cause concern to everyone. I yeah. mean, they don't have a good history of doing this stuff. Yeah, not at all. And that movie that I was referring to, by the way, was is Miss Ever's Boys. It was a, a 1997 American television film. So yeah, I would have been, yeah, I would have been like 11 or 12 when that came out. But yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Was it yeah. Viola Davis? Oh, no, no, no. No, it was Alfred Woodward. Sorry. Not Viola Davis. But anyway, it's worth watching and it's horrifying. If you ever want to watch that, it gives you a little cursory introduction to all that. The other one that I had kind of latched onto as I was researching that one, I was looking at other uh, things that looked kind of suspicious when it came to the government handing out vaccines and things like that. Yeah. Um, the big gold standard in vaccines that everybody will say works is the polio vaccine. And yet Jonas Salk develops the polio vaccine. And one of the things that I was reading as, as I was going through it was like the increase of SV 40 related illnesses that came out after that yeah and i just i'll read you a quick paragraph the shocking story you're about to hear involves a pharmaceutical company which used monkeys to make a polio vaccine government health agencies responsible for making sure that vaccine was not contaminated with monkey viruses and individuals who are now dying from cancerous tumors that contained a monkey virus which appears to have contaminated that polio vaccine at the heart of this story is a violation of the public trust of the informed consent ethic. It is a story about what happens when the legal and moral duty for the industry and government to ensure that a vaccine will not harm individuals is sacrificed to ensure acceptance and mass use of a vaccine by the entire population. It shows what can happen when Congress, which has oversight authority for federal health agencies, blindly trusts and fails to verify. So 
the the two undeniable facts that they go on to talk about is between 1955 and 1963 nearly 100 million american children's american children have been given a polio vaccine that may have been contaminated with the monkey virus sv40 u.s federal health agencies admit the two following facts the salk polio vaccine released for public use between 55 and 63 was contaminated with sv40 and two the sv40 has been proven to cause cancer in animals mm. so those two things are both known what the dispute is over is whether or not it caused an increase in the cancer rate yeah and in children or in people that receive the vaccine right so because there was an outcry in the 60s uh, about or it started to come up in the 60s a lot more saying look sv40 has got to go we've got to make sure we have a polio vaccine that isn't involving this they they said that since 1960 the original seed stocks of oral polio vaccine were made using the rhesus monkey and were contaminated with sv40 the major oral polio vaccine manufacturer did not adequately test their master seed stocks, which reportedly contained SV40, but then used them produced the vaccine for American children from the 60s through the 90s. Number three, the federal regulatory agencies either did not know or knew and did not do anything about the evidence that SV40 contaminated oral polio vaccine was released for use of the public between the 60s and the 90s. And then there's massive studies that have gone on as to the the increase in the cancer rate, especially among children, in in the in that time frame from 1963 through 1993. Yeah. And the lady that I was reading there, she was testifying before Congress in 2009. Two, sorry, 2003. She was testifying in 2003. She had started researching the effects of SV40 in 93 as a possible link to the hiv thing so yeah. she, that's where she had started her research and after 10 years of research she was testifying before congress saying there there may be a link to cancer now i don't what i was reading in there i didn't see a link between that and hiv aids yeah. which is what they were concerned about right but yeah there it it, it came because jonas salk was using the rhesus monkey as as his test subject for yeah. the vac for the polio vaccine hmm. yeah interesting so and so that's the thing i mean that's one of the things i take from you know whatever you think about about like the covid vaccine you know right now there is actual legitimate precedent to be concerned about it i'm not saying that there's anything I mean, it, wrong there with was it. definitely it was definitely suppressed yes uh, up until like the fairly late, recently the late 60s when they were trying to develop an, an injected vaccine and trying to go oral with it yeah and at that time they thought okay if we develop a new vaccine we can eliminate the sv40 strain and whatever but that wasn't what was covered up was from 63 to 93 yeah. that they weren't they hadn't used pure master seed right. stocks and there was still some of this still existing in some of the vaccines and right. things and it, it was it's it's one of those things that it's like it was expedient for the government. The government is looking at this as a greater good type of thing. Yeah, we can wipe out polio, but not... Which is seeing, a horrendous disease. Which is a horrible disease. You just basically disease. waste away and everything stops working. Exactly. That uh, one in 200 people that get polio is paralyzed. Like, yeah. That's, that's what you're if looking at. If they live. At. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think one in 200, it was either you died or you were paralyzed. But that was about the rate. Yeah. 
something like that. Yeah. But, and it's still only, I think polio only exists in three countries in the world, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and I think there's one other, one other place that it still exists. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying again, I'm not anti-vax. I'm just saying like a lot of this stuff, you would be called a conspiracy theorist if you mm-hmm. said it, but some of it is undeniable fact if you look, yeah. look back at it and say, no, these are real concerns that people have. So when when people are voicing real concerns, people have to be able to have an open conversation about this stuff. Right. And I'm always dubious of shutting down particular narratives. And the more you shut people down and say, no, 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 that this is settled. This like this is settled science. That's one thing that always bothers the science is settled on this. Um, from what I know about science, yes, <laughs> it's not settled. Yeah. Like there are unless it's a law of gravity. Like yes. you're like okay, this is a law that exists. But you can keep experimenting. You can keep studying things, and there's always more to be found. Right, right. But yeah, that one's letting people know their risk and make their choices accordingly is. Right freedom right and i i get why the government would want to tell us hey we feel like this is the best option for everyone and here's why but i do think you get more buy-in by let by putting it out there as a good choice for people to make yeah than you would mandating it the backlash against a mandate is going to be way worse right than if right. you just because we are very stubborn people right and it has served us well for the most part yeah Let's i mean be real a lot of people, given the option, would say, listen, uh, COVID has been terrible and we've known people that have died and I don't want to have the risk of dying it from it. So if this vaccine is proven safe, I would take it in a heartbeat. That's that's where most people are at. And good. Good. That's good. That's what that's the place we should be. What we shouldn't have is the government just forcibly injecting people and then covering up what's in it. <laughs> yes. Yes. But. All right. You had one. I do have one. And that True is conspiracies. And that is one of the the favorites of the conspiracy theory crowd that they ended up being right about. And let me let me give this disclaimer too. And I've said some things like this before, but I'm going to I'm going to flat out with you right now. To my conspiracy theory people out there that just love it that eat every single one up from, you know, chemtrails to flat earth to all of these things whatever it may be trees aren't real trees aren't real yeah that's a thing um (laughs) (laughs) just because there are conspiracies does not mean that every conspiracy theory you delve into is correct one thing some are very good science fiction stories yes one thing being correct does not validate everything you believe (laughs) that is unreasonable for you to think that um, so please don't be one of those people and say like, well, the government did this. So that means this. Well, we, w- we went pretty hard after flat earth and right. we didn't land on the moon and yeah. things like that. Or like alien podcast. lizard people. Have you heard that whole one that, yeah, that, yeah. that are, some of our overlords have been replaced by lizard people and you can, is it, is it that one, the one where you can catch them sometimes on TV where they blank sideways? Something like that, which is literally the, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the. What's the? <laughs> There's an old '80s movie that basically is that exact plot, where some guy finds glasses that show him who all the lizard people are, and he just goes on what's basically a mass killing spree, shooting all these people that are actually lizard people. I can't remember the name of it. 
I can't remember the name of it. If I, if it occurs to me, I will. But it's it's literally the plot of a weird '80s action movie. But MK Ultra is what I am talking <laughs> about, and this is a big one uh, because I believe starting in the let me let me make sure I get my dates right here because I don't want to miss this. Um, the MK Ultra project was started in the uh, '50s as part of the really what was a reaction initially to the whole Red Scare. Yeah. They were trying to develop ways that they could discredit leaders in communist countries yeah. by dosing them with various drugs to make them seem like they were crazy. They used things like mescaline. They used some different things. But what they landed on and what the majority of the MK Ultra exper- uh, experiment used as a drug for these things was LSD. Yeah. LSD was literally developed by the CIA as a as a substance as we know it now. now it didn't exist outside it, of it existed. There before. It existed naturally. It would. It was a naturally. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, it initially was uh, a naturally occurring mold that would turn up on certain wheat. Yeah. And if it was consumed, would cause the hallucinations and the other things that were happening. Um, and that was actually marked even in in medieval times. It was. It was. It was counted as some kind of weird curse or whatever that I would happen. I don't know my drugs too good. LSD is that acid? Yes. People, yeah, yes. Okay. All yes. Right. Yeah. So, it, but it was developed as a the you know the little you know in the sugar cubes and on the on the pieces yeah. of paper that you saw all throughout the '60s was developed by the CIA. Huh. And their intention was to use it to be able to dose, like I said, dose a leader. So you know, dose the leader of the Soviet Union or dose uh, you know. Um, uh, uh, Castro, you know, later and and do it right before a speech, so he would just they would lose their minds in front of their people and make people lose faith in their government. It never got that far, um, at least not that we know of. But what happened was, the CIA, as part of their quote experiment. Now there were other things that were involved with this, which was which was torture, and this has everything to do with uh, the and prostitution too. Uh, you name it, they were they were trying it. Mind control, they were trying for yeah. all these things. And that was part of the LSD thing. They thought it would allow them to control people. Uh, have mind control and different things like that. But they they based a lot of their studies on volunteer groups from American universities. Oh, wow. In that, the, in that the late, I, was, I didn't know that. In the I mid to late they, 50s. I thought a lot of that was like they were like honey trapping people and things. They like, were doing that. But also one of the things that became common um, was that just among the CIA themselves, they start dosing each other's coffee and not oh man. And, and just observing to see what would happen. <laughs> and they had at least one death that was related to that, uh, where a guy was dosed and then supposedly uh, uh, within a week uh, jumped out of his window on the 13th floor and fell to his death. However, later uh, examination showed that he had been struck on the head before. And his wife claims that he had saw all the things that were going on and was basically going to pull an Edward Snowden and he had quit his position. It was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to tell everybody what's going on with this. So the MK Ultra was a web of things, but drug experimentation with LSD specifically was, huh. was a big one. Now, here's one of the big things. There was a theory for a long time that the hippie counterculture in the United States was intentionally started by the CIA via use of LSD and these other mind-altering drugs. Well, that's what I was wondering. How did LSD get so fast permutation into the Because they were, they were going into universities, and these college kids were 
you know, broke college kids, and they're like, yeah, sure, we'll right. we'll take your money to let you do these experiments on us. And again, there were a vast array, but LSD was a big one. And of the people that were that were used in some of these experiments, so one of them was uh, Allen Ginsberg, the American poet, first took LX, LSD as an experiment. I thought you were going to say the Fed, the Fed chairman. Allen no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, uh, in Stanford University's campus, um, and he ended up having a outspoken. He ended up becoming an outspoken advocate for psychedelics in the '60s. After that, happening to him in the in the '50s. Um, uh, Ken Casey, who wrote uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who hmm. also was very uh, involved in uh, the uh, the birth of the hippie culture. He was dosed in LSD uh, uh, as part of an experiment that was uh, related to a veterans administration hospital uh, huh. that was that was that was done again nearby St- Stanford University. Uh, he was a student there and he was a, in, in part of that. Um, Robert Hunter who was an American lyricist and songwriter, translator, and poet, best known for his association with Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead. Huh. So, literally... Deadheads. The the people who birthed the hippie yeah. drug culture movement were directly touched. These are people that were, are known to have been involved in this, in this the MKUltra experiment. Um, there's also theories that, uh, that several... Um, Several uh, murderers, high-profile murders that happened in the in the eighties, or attempted murders. Uh, um, so, uh, the guy who shot Reagan, a lot of people say that he was part of the MK Ultra experiment. Uh, same for the guy who shot John Lennon. Uh, there's uh, there's actually some <clears throat> some evidence that Sirhan Sirhan, who assassinated uh, Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy yeah. uh, was also uh, operating under the MK Ultra program. Um, and, as uh, as Ted a Kaczynski, agent, like still there, that's as a part of the theory, agent, but or? one way or the other, the <clears throat> the evidence is that he was somehow participating in that that the experimenting and the testing at one time. Yeah. Whether or not it's the whole they created an agent and did that thing, that's that's a little more on the far fetched side. But it is it is there are some ties to that, um, and the same with uh, Ted Kaczynski, uh, that he was uh, he was part of MK Ultra, but his was more um, about uh, while he was at Harvard. Um, was about uh, some of the uh, the torture and different things that happened happened to him as a part of of that mm. experiment. Those are unproven. Those are alleged. You know some of those, but all the ones that I said, uh, you know, the first three. connection to the dead, uh, Ken Casey, these people who were who were instrumental in forming the counterculture movement, specifically around mm. LSD, were involved in this ex- experiment. So yes, there is absolute proof that whether intentionally or not, that's the part where you can't get to intentionally or not. The experiments that were done during MK Ultra, specifically with LSD, directly led to the counterculture movement of the 1960s, based on LSD. Wow, a lot of far-reaching effects there, and unintended yes. consequences. Many maybe. that we're still feeling <laughs> the effects of today. Yeah, as a matter of fact. But, and it, it, yeah, that's the other thing that if you look at the 60s and a lot of that, it was wrapped up in drug use and things, but like Hinduism also became yes. extremely prevalent in the U S and I don't know if that was directly connected to it, but there was a lot of, uh, Hindu imagery and yeah. things like that in with that whole hippie culture yeah. that was well, never fully explained to me how that all that, came about. That's actually connected to this. So Allen really? Ginsberg. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's always Let's something see. I've so kind of wondered about. Yeah. America, Alex, Alex Ginsberg, uh, First took LSD in an experiment on Stanford University's 
campus where he could listen to records of his choice. He chose a Gertrude Stein reading, a Tibetan uh, mandala, and Wagner. And uh, the experience resulted in a slight paranoia that hung on my acid experiences, uh, all my acid experiences through the 60s until I learned from meditation how to disperse that. Okay. So there was a direct connection between people that would delve into heavy use of LSD and kind of not coming back from it, but finding a way through meditation and the focus things of that to be able to control some of the, but he was an advocate for that once it came through and he was one of the initiators of, of that whole movement anyway, and the use gotcha. of LSD, but he also paired it with, and you know, for some of the weirder effects, here's the thing you use to allow your mind to continue to open and do, you know, do what, what you need to do with all that. So there is a direct connection even there with, uh, with, Hinduism and, and some of the Eastern religions that came in and LSD use as well. It seems like the government was buying their own conspiracy theories at a certain point, though, that they thought they could get into mind control totally. and things like that's That's a conspiracy theory trope Yeah, is mind control, and that's why you would wear a tinfoil hat right. and all of that because you don't want something right. to control your mind the radio waves and the whatever or, yeah yeah, or keep, yeah keep all the waves out of your which, head and which if it's interesting to me and I, hang on i'm gonna check this keep keep going oh that's I, okay i'm gonna check this. that that's why people would do it because the government ends up buying uh, what's interesting if you and i think we had uh talked about it earlier when we talked about our favorite books um it's what is it? America apparent paranoid America, something like that. I can't remember what yeah. the book title is yeah. that I read, but it, it was just a history of conspiracy theories in United States of paranoia is what it was called. And it's just a history of conspiracy theories in the U S and their rise and fall. But a lot of, a lot of the government's overreach in those areas that have actually led to real conspiracies happening is when they buy their own stories and buy their own hype. Yeah. Like if you look if you look at even even the Russia probe is a more modern one right. where there was an unfounded report that gets passed around that was actually, you know, that was actually just started from pure nothing and they produced this report and got it passed around Washington DC and then quote unquote leaked it to the press and underneath there was nothing. There was yeah. it was a nothing burger, there was nothing there, but it went to the highest reaches of government and they got you all jazzed up on this conspiracy where there wasn't one yeah right and it was because the government starts to believe their own conspiracies and yeah. it happens time and time and time again throughout yeah. the 50s 60s yeah. 70s even and into the 80s right government like cold war a lot of that was governments buying their own conspiracy right. and it's like oh could this happen well let's investigate it well uh, now we're investigating something that's a hypothetical right you know and that's right and the the term conspiracy theory was not coined during this, but it became mainstream in in the American vernacular as a result of the Kennedy assassination and the Warren Commission, where the Warren Commission was repeatedly referring to those who did not believe their final their report yeah. about that as conspiracy theorists. They just all oh, it's all conspiracy theory, um, and so that was where it really entered the main 
vernacular of, of American use. There's a pretty big use. push right now for, and there usually is at the end of any president's term for people to, for that president to declassify all yeah. the JFK t- stuff. I remember uh, there was a lot of pressure on Obama when he was leaving from his eighth year of office. They were they were saying, you know, you need to declassify all the JFK stuff, declassify the UFO stuff, and he didn't. But at, I, I would be hopeful that if, you know, Trump were on his way out that that would be one of the things that he would do on the way out is declassify jfk declassify the ufo stuff tell us what really happened i think some of that i think i think the real story of of roswell is not a weather balloon and like some of that well and a lot of that been russian incursion into our airspace that we didn't want to right well and that's one of the things that's interesting too is because the whole UFO conspiracy thing is we're pending on legitimate information about like released from the government finally about some of this stuff. Yeah. Not that. And that's the thing is most people always hear UFO and they think, Oh, it's aliens. No, a UFO just means an unidentified flying object. It can be anything. And it's literally looking at it saying, I don't know what this is. It's not behaving in a way that I think is normal. So it's a UFO. That's that's what yeah. it is. So it doesn't automatically mean aliens. Everybody, just calm down. Um, but we're about to get some some information here. I think in the next year uh, that's going to be declassified from from the the Navy and the Air Force that have dealt with these and said basically, yeah, these these are real things. We don't really know what they are or understand them. That doesn't mean it's not a government project. That doesn't mean it's some other not some other government. We don't know. But um, yeah, I was just looking at that because you you mentioned the JFK assassination because. I know that Trump did release a bunch of them early on in his presidency, like 2018, but then he set another deadline for really? other things to be released. And so yeah. I'm not really sure why that was or what went on there, but I'll, I'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those. That I, would, I would like to see Snowden and Assange pardoned as well. <sighs> That'd be sweet. I don't know what I think of Assange. Snowden, yes, I would agree, because he... The way he went about releasing the information he did, he did everything he could to protect the lives of people that were in the field. Like, he didn't just do a complete docs dump of even, you know, where assets were and all that. Like, he was very specific. Well, Assange, they have the tapes now where he was talking to the State Department. Right. And said, listen, like... And I get that. This stuff is coming out. Like, here's... Right. Here's what it is. You right. know, and was talking with them. Right. And I get that, but it still, it still gives me pause to be like, you couldn't even do enough journalisming as as uh, <laughs> as as De- Ben Shapiro says, <laughs> to weed out some of the things that you knew would be harmful to somebody, and say, here's the information I'm actually getting at. You're just like, ah, I'm just gonna throw it all in there. Snowden did not do that. He was very specific about what he wanted the American people to know. He was very aware that. This may not go well for me, but I, I feel like the American people need this information and then they can decide if I'm a traitor, I'm a traitor. Fine. But they deserve to know this. And he was very specific about that. Assange, not so much. And so I, I and, and he obviously he has no loyalty to the United States. He's not a he's not a citizen, is he? I don't know. I don't think he is. I forget where he's from. But obviously Snowden was is that whole thing. He's a weird limbo. I actually don't yeah, know what he, he is. was a citizen for sure. Yeah. And, and he's so, been in, so he's Assange, I don't know about. I absolutely hope that on his way out, uh, Trump pardons Edward Snowden. I think that that is, and I know Bill Barr is against it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I think he absolutely, that man deserves, deserves to be pardoned. 
Yeah, I 100%. mean, basically, he just told the American people what everybody was like. Again, a true conspiracy. Yeah, you are being looked at by your government. They're getting real data on your cell phones, like they're being able to see your cameras. They're being able to, like, listen to phone calls, read yeah. texts. You know, they can do all of this, and it's not just metadata like you're being told. Right. And you didn't even know about the metadata until right now, and I'll right. show you. And here's right. how Verizon's tied into it. Here's and I, I was like, whoa. Yeah. That that was pretty awesome. Yeah. When when he launched that, it, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and the government was basically like, yeah, yeah, we're doing that, and we'll keep doing it. Yep. <laughs> they, yep. they didn't. I don't know. And it's it's to really my interesting. They to haven't me. really shut anything down. Well, that it's they were really doing. it's real. Well, and honestly, it's even interesting too because the whole the whole Russia Gate thing was predicated on the FISA courts that exist that were a part of what Edward Snowden outed. Like everything you saw happen to Trump in those early days, believe it or not, whatever you want to believe, the process that was used is an extra constitutional process that is part of what Edward Snowden outed. Yeah. And so. And it was designed to be used against terrorists. Yes. But it's used against the American people. But what it's used against is political opponents. And and the American people in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) your government is not benevolent people. They're just not. I I would like to see a a smaller government that was more focused on external threats. <laughs> yes. But yes. Anyway, wishful yeah. thinking. Yeah, well, maybe not. You never know. <laughs> you never know. So oh, man. Anyway, I feel like that's been an episode. I has agree. That been an episode. It has been an episode. We can call it an episode. We'll call it We've an episode. We've had an episode. We have we have had an episode. <laughs> Oh, by the way, if you haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, it's phenomenal. Get to it. Watch The Mandalorian. Get to it. Even if you don't like Star Wars. Even if you've never seen Star Wars. Nate got a Razor Crest. I did. I got a Lego Razor Crest, and I'm so excited to build it. It It's like 1,030 pieces, and I am stoked. I watched every episode the day it came out. It was so excited. You really did? I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not. I spread it out. Sheldon insisted that he be in the room for the last episode with me, and I'm glad he did. It was good. Yeah. It was very good. It was exciting. But yeah, it's phenomenal. Do it. It is. So anyway, on that note, (laughs) see you guys later. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook.